Lovers are back! Hello! Hi! 2022! 20, 20, <laughs> it's 2020 part, part 3, Revenge <laughs> of the Rona. <laughs> I literally, in my. The Omicron Connor Chronicles! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, that's like, you know, like kissing the coronavirus, that's gonna be in my Excel spreadsheet where I log my books that I've yeah. read, I realised last night I'd put 2021 on all of them and have to go through and change it all. Yeah, I, I was like, should I just leave it? No, I should probably change it. Yeah, I had to do that on a bunch of my work to-do lists. I was like, yeah. oh, it's the wrong year. <laughs> last year I didn't have a problem with it. I think I wanted 2020 over, yeah. so I was more than happy to move yeah. on. But now I'm like, can it still just be 2020? Like, <laughs> I feel like 2022 doesn't flow off. Like, it doesn't flow. 20, 2021 20, flows. 2020. 2022. Yeah. Just it's too it's, much. It's, 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 it's like it never ends. And, and it literally never <laughs> ends. Twenty twenty never ends. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tony. <laughs> I'm Tally. Um. So yeah, we, we have done away with the intro, mm. and we're now just gonna start the chaos straight off the yeah. bat. Yeah. Let's just. I'm gonna introduce today's topic before we forget. We are just going to do reading update, like mm. what we've read since we last spoke to you, because it's been a few weeks. We took a little Christmas break. Yeah, we took some time off mm-hmm. um, for mental health slash sleeping reasons. Yep. I had COVID, which yep. also delayed us a week. Yep. Um, yeah, we we took that time to plan out lots of exciting <laughs> we've things. We've done lots of planning. We've, yeah. we've, we've organised, like we're no longer falling in chaos. We've organised stuff. It's going to be organised chaos. Yeah. It's going to be fun. For um, however long this works. Yeah, because if we couldn't, I couldn't, wasn't ready to talk about this in December, but like, my dog died in December. Yeah. And then also, a family member's been very unwell, and our editor is also in my family. So he has also been dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So we just need a little pause for Christmas, and now we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, now we're raring to go. Yep. We have lots of exciting plans. Yeah, lots we're, of energy. We're full of energy today. If you're thinking, it sounds like she's still got a cold. No, she has a new cold, because I am just the weak member of the herd. <laughs> like Evolution. <laughs> no, so I was saying to my mum, tangent, <laughs> I think about this a lot, probably more than I should. If there was a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> or some kind of apocalyptic disaster, yeah. I would die from exposure, oh, or from a respiratory yeah. infection, straight off the bat. Like, as soon as I had to, like, flee my home from the zombies... You'd be like, I might as well give up now. Yeah, I know I'm just going to die from a cold. Like, I feel like that's my future. Yeah, I think I might just hunker down in my house and just wait for the inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> just read until it happens. You know, like, that tweet of, like, the will to survive that people have in these movies? I'm not mm. sure I have it. No, I just... I like to think I do, but I know that I, would I, just, I just don't. I would just die of, yeah, of an infection in a wood like, somewhere. Oh, it's going to happen anyway. I'll, I'll go into a full depression spiral <laughs> anyway, so... But yeah, and if I sound out of breath, it's because COVID's still hanging around. So She's got long COVID. Taking off a jumper made me out of breath. <laughs> so, yeah, apologies. But apart from, be apart from that, we are fresh. <laughs> it's good. Our bodies do not hate us. We're fresh for... My mum's bought me echinacea. And oh. she's convinced that will cure everything. 
that feels like such a Victorian thing. I swear that's like in films, like they take that or something. It's basically like vitamin C on crack. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. When I came down with this cold earlier in the week, she's like, "I'm buying you some echinacea," and I'm like, "All right." I keep getting told to get more magnesium, and apparently it helps with sleep as well. So huh. Maybe try that. Mm. Okay, so what have we been reading recently? What have I been reading? Okay, so during our little break, I read some things. (laughs) So I read The Maid. Oh, yeah. I think it's just Maid, actually. It's not The, it's Maid. Yeah. By Stephanie Land. Mm. It's been recently turned into a Netflix series. Yeah, I've not watched it. I really loved the series. Like, it, it shows an emotional, abusive relationship really well, really realistically done just how she feels as well is very it's all just really well done like yeah. they did their research with that show yeah so i was like and then i found out it was based off a book so i went and bought the book really excited to read it it's nothing like the netflix series the the book doesn't go into her story of her leaving her abusive partner it doesn't follow any of that it starts after all the trouble after all the custody cases when she's in a shelter yeah. And she's in a homeless shelter. She never goes to a domestic violence shelter. The narrator in the book purposely says, it's biographical bit, it's written like a story. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah, she says that like she didn't want to go to a domestic violence shelter. She, like, she chose that. Okay. Whereas I felt the series, having an emotionally abusive victim, being stayed in a shelter, welcomed in a shelter by the people who ran the shelter was really important mm-hmm. because it does justify that as like that is still abuse. Yeah, yeah. Of like because a lot of it's her going, I don't want to take the space with someone who's been really abused, and all the shelter staff are like, You've yeah. been really abused though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like people try and like level mm. real abuse, like. To be fair, in America, in, head, in America, coercive control isn't recognised. Mm, yeah. A lot of countries, coercive control is not recognised as abuse. The UK only introduced it five years ago. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of forms. Five, of... Like, don't quote me on that, but it was recent because I posted about it while I was still at uni, so maybe a bit longer, like eight years. There's a lot of forms of emotional abuse that just get written off or ignored because it's firstly hard to prove, and secondly. I don't know, perhaps because it doesn't affect men as much. I don't know. Mostly yeah. affects women and people of colour. Women of colour. Mm-hmm. The people that most laws don't care about, basically. Well, I think also it is a type of control that... Not that men, women can't physically abuse men, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier for a man to be emotionally abused mm-hmm. and that not go recognised as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... They're not supposed yeah, to use their emotions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So yeah, and I because I like that's why I like the series. It was really interesting how they went into all that her PTSD from being emotionally controlled. We do love a book that does a bit of PTSD. The book doesn't do it. The book does it a bit. It really just talks about her cleaning these houses, and then like the struggles of being a single mum on the benefit system in America, which I imagine is shit. Yeah, and it was very interesting to read, but for an entire book. It is just like cleaning and then, you know, benefit system complaint. And I, she had every right to be as bitter as she was. Yeah. Like they make it so hard. Like, I don't know how Americans do it. Like, our system isn't easy. But there's a certain level of you're just entitled to as a basic. 
the for the time being until the conservatives change everything soon yes but yeah for the time being there's certain like basic rights especially if you've got a kid that you're kind of guaranteed that you don't have to prove your income for isn't it well you get like child tax which is not income based everyone gets that for the first two children and then obviously you get well not obviously but you get 15 hours free schooling um yeah and that can go up to 30 but the 30 is income based yeah 15 hours so, um, yeah, they don't have, even like, have that. I mean, in the government's eyes, I technically don't have to work until my kids go to full-time mm. education. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so they don't even have those, like, basic, like, what they deserve. their basic rights as parents. Um, America has no human rights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to mothers and... But I just didn't realise there's stuff. nothing. Like, yeah, there is absolutely crazy. nothing that they're just entitled to... Even like maternity and all yeah. of that, it's just not get, existent. Like, it's company policy, which is insane to me. There's like a Hobbycraft chain there, it's not called Hobbycraft. Um, but they do give their employees medical insurance, yeah. but they're not allowed to have any contraceptive. But most of them do that because yeah, of religious reasons, don't they? And that's, that's insane. That's, you offer your company stuff can... or you don't. Yeah. That's a medical thing that people require. Some people don't want children can't afford children or could possibly die if they have children yeah. like it's a medical thing yeah and like what the pill costs in america is insane when i was at uni in sweden i had to pay for my pill and it was 130 krona which is roughly 13 pounds a month mm. and i was like oh, i'm so like pleased that i get it on the nhs in the yeah. uk and i'm sure in america because they're all pharmaceutical companies they cost like, hundreds though yeah, so much more it yeah. cost them hundreds it's crazy so from that, especially as a Brit, that was quite interesting to read. And, like, obviously she's very much in below the poverty line. Yeah. But it also made me appreciate, like, how hard it is for single mothers. That's where it did, did do that part very well. Mm. Of, like, just because she has no family support. She has no support system. She's completely by herself. And she's trying to, like, she's trying to work. She's trying to study. She's trying to keep them afloat, and she's doing it all alone. And that kind of, I don't know, like, I, I can appreciate how hard that is, but it was really different reading it in someone else's words. Yeah, yeah. So that also, because I have a friend who's a single parent, and I was like, it has sort of made me feel, not that I didn't feel empathy, but really feel for you. And like, like, see it from a different yeah, angle a little bit. understand it from the inside, because she can't yeah. ever tell me from the inside how that feels, but no. it's different to read it in a story. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, like, increased... I was like, oh shit! Like yeah, she was actually, like, just yeah. to, just to put the bins out, she has to take her child downstairs with her in a block of flats. Yeah, yeah. So I've got she a can't friend. leave her child. Yeah, I've inside. Got a she's a single mum, and yeah, she's in like the second floor, so it's very much the same. When my son was first born, we went to a baby group, and I was chatting to a couple there, who the husband worked long hours, mm. so for the wife, she was more or less single parenting. Yeah and they were on like the full floor and the lift had never worked the whole time yeah that happened to my friend so like you know when she was she just never left the house because she she couldn't it was too much effort like Mm -hmm. she couldn't carry the pram and the baby down yep and then they had a second so she was just basically stuck in the flat the whole time yeah horrible so even poverty struggles aside just that Mm day-to-day minutiae of like how to figure it all out by yourself always yeah like i think like when you become a mum this amazing skill to be able to plot how you get things done comes along yeah because you're like um right so 
I'm like, I need to get my son here, so I've got to do this, 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 yeah. and this is the order I have to do it in, or it all falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine the mental power it takes. I guess as a person without a child, it also helped me appreciate the mental power just in child caring of like the planning. Yeah. Even if you have a partner at home, however helpful they are, <laughs> or if you have other support system like family, daycare, all of that kind of stuff, just that, those mental gymnastics, it just, yeah, as a person without a kid, it was also good from that perspective but i wouldn't say it was the most enjoyable book to read would like, you suggest the the show over the book yes because mm. i didn't even have to pick that up yeah <laughs> i don't know i just really liked how they handled all of it because at one point she through a series of circumstances ends up moving back in with him oh. not on purpose basically a bunch of things happen that yeah. means she ends up with nowhere to go he's been really nice to her which is the cycle of trauma bonding mm-hmm. yeah so that's still like an abusive cycle he's mm-hmm. been super nice to her he's love bombing her so then she which, starts to think which you should run from people yeah love bombing is a, a if, if, they're, if they're really loving you in the first three weeks buying you loads of gifts run that's not sustainable and it's dangerous run he's love bombing her she's starting to think like why struggle on my own when i could have help uh, yeah i can understand that thought process she's like up till then like the, she's just been so let down by the system and then when she ends up back with him, and she's like, oh, you know, <sighs> it, you know, yeah. like, this is easier. This is, I wanted to have a family. Because she already suspected he was like this when she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then it escalated once she was pregnant and had, there was a child in the mix. Yeah. So she had made a decision early on that she wanted to have a family, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. If they get pregnant with a partner, they're like, okay, we're going to make a family out of this. Yeah. yeah whether it's ideal or not. So she's just like, I'll just move back in. And then it's about how that behaviour, the cycle, whole... It's got a cycle for a reason. It keeps going around. Yeah. Yeah. And then what eventually makes her leave again? Because she comes, kind of comes to the conclusion of like, this will escalate. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole quote in it of like, before they bite, they bark. Yeah. And all this kind of thing. Mm. Um, I just think, I thought it was really well done. And if you've ever been in something emotionally abusive... Um. <laughs> no, no pointing fingers here. <laughs> My first boyfriend was great, guys. <laughs> Sounds like a right peach. <laughs> yeah, if you know me from real life, that's a joke. <laughs> no one tell them. <laughs> it, yeah, even though this isn't a, a more extreme version of it, it was just very like, hmm, this is a bit in my face. Basically, that Ladies in Tangents podcast that I really liked, they did an episode on trauma bonding and that cycle, that love bombing to abuse cycle and how that creates the coercive control cycle. Yeah. And it followed the pattern that they talked about, that psychiatrists have identified. It follows that exactly. It really demonstrates it quite well. So that's why I liked the series (laughs) more than the... Yeah. It's probably, obviously, it's over-dramatised for the series. Yeah, it's probably like The Handmaid's Tale, like... Mm. I like that book, but the series obviously takes its own... It's a thing of its own, basically, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, so that's my thoughts on The Maid. Okay. I won't bother picking it up then. No. Probably wouldn't I really anyway. would, Yeah. I reckon the seri- yeah, series over the book. Yeah. For once. And the actors in it are just so good. Yeah. And they're actually mother and daughter, so she in this, ah. in this she has her mother, but her mother's just not reliable. Okay, yeah. Like, undiagnosed bipolar has a cycle of abusive men in her life yeah and like if, if you grow up in a situation like that it's quite often that you will just kind of 
unfortunately follow the pattern follow it yeah so that's what she started it also breaks down her starting to see that of like mm. i'm gonna be trapped in the same cycle i've seen my mother trapped in my whole and then life my child's gonna be trapped in yeah it, yeah you know she has like there's a a moment where she runs and hides from her bio dad and hides in a cupboard while they're fighting mm. that's the moment she decides to leave is she finds her kid in a cupboard hiding she's like, and she's like all over again it's like yeah, yeah i'm repeating the same cycle and that's what makes her go yeah the second time that's what makes her go and she literally runs barefoot through the woods because they live in like a remote cabin oh perfect it's very american um, yeah perfect for a bit of emotional abuse when she moves back in that point she has her own job she has her own phone she has her own car and then slowly Slowly, bit by bit that gets taken away yeah so he takes her car therefore she can't work yeah and then he's like well i'm the only one working i'm not paying for your phone anymore and she's like how am i supposed to find work yeah that I could get. Like, he doesn't a, want her to find work. And yeah. so it, it, it does that bit by bit. She so gets ta- all that stuff off. gets taken yeah. away until her circle, and it shows her circle just getting smaller and smaller yeah, and smaller. Yeah, and then the only one she has is him, and he's the only one that she can rely on. Well, and like, that's what he wants. Her bio dad, they has got a relationship with her baby daddy. Uh-huh. They're friends, uh-huh. and her bio dad comes over for dinner and sees it, and just ignores it. Yeah, okay. there's this moment where she's like, "I'm just gonna go to bed," and he's like, "Sit down." And the bio dad's just there, like, eating the whole time. While he's like, she's like, I don't want to sit down. I want to go to bed. I've got a headache. And he's like, sit down. Your dad is here. I've made you dinner. Don't be ungrateful. And it doesn't sound like it would be that much, but you can just... Not to be all feminist about it, but obviously I'm going to because it's us. This is what people mean when they say all men. Yeah. In that you may not be partaking in it, but you are not calling it out. If you're not calling it out... Well, her bio dad is an abuser himself as well. Yeah. And because they're both alcoholics. Oh, perfect. And they're both in recovery. And he's going, that's why they're friends. They go to the same AA group together. He's like, well, no, don't don't give up on him like your mother did with me. Oh, gross. Like, don't give up on him. He's trying. And she's like, no, he's not trying. You're both drinking beer. Like, you're not trying. (laughs) You're in recovery, (laughs) but you're drinking beer. Yeah. So it right. also, yeah, yeah. It's, it goes into the whole, after I've talked about this for ages, yeah, right. that the series goes into how, like, people around her are just seeing it happen. Yeah, and just not doing anything yeah. about it. And, like, she's explaining to her mum, like, he took away my bank account because I forgot to pay the bills once, three years ago. Mm. She's like, I've had no, I have no bank account. I have no social security. I don't know my social security. I don't have any of my own documents. He took them all. See how can that be for an adult it's crazy isn't it she was like he, he he was and it was all under the guise of like oh i'll keep this safe for you babe yeah keep it but then he has yeah. control of her paperwork her documents that then allow her to get benefits to leave yeah exactly. so like yeah obviously she didn't have a passport because she's american and they yeah, yeah. couldn't afford to travel they don't have passports and most americans don't, don't yeah but she anyway. like he takes her id so he has all that that kind of paperwork and she doesn't she's young she doesn't know her own social security number yeah. and things like that yeah, I know. I'll stop it's rambling now. But yeah, <laughs> this is not in the book. <laughs> FYI, this is just a lot of this yeah. interesting detail. She like alludes to it, but not yeah. in the same depth. On a completely different vein, yeah. let's talk about a court of wings and rain. <laughs> my Sarah J. Man. A lot less serious. That's I was going to go with like a more serious one on my list, and then I thought, no, it would be yeah, fun. Light to go the mood, for, like, yeah. So I finished Sarah's trilogy. Yeah of the Akatar series mm. obviously it's the last one in the trilogy so I can't go into too much detail so from book one it's kind of like I mean each 
Book one is kind of like its own mm. standalone book because we've discussed this before yeah. about whether it was meant to be a trilogy or not. And um, because they were released so fast, we assumed it wasn't meant to be a trilogy. Yeah. But it turns out it was meant mm. to be standalone. Yeah, that makes and sense. And then um, in the process of the publication of the first one, it was decided it should be mm. a trilogy. So the first one is kind of like open and close, but does kind of set up the overarching story of the trilogy. Yeah. So basically it brings to the end the trilogy yeah. story. It was fun. I mean, I read it quite quickly, actually. It's quite a big book. Mm. I basically read it on New Year's Eve. That was, that was my New It's Year's probably a big, big vote in its favour because you don't all often get a lot of time to physically read. Mm. So the fact you powered through it probably yeah, that's yeah. yeah, like I was literally picking it up. When I was like going out to make food, I was yeah. reading it whilst I was waiting for food to cook or whatever. Mm. So, okay. yeah, I was really, really into it. I really wanted to find out what happened to all the characters. I really cared about all the characters individually. <laughs> Like, there's a character and I've mentioned this before there's a character in the first book that everyone hates and yeah. I, I've always been like I mean I don't hate him I could see why people do I don't hate him because yeah. I just feel like he's got bad character representation mm. I, I just feel like she's not developed him enough yeah. and literally in this book it got to the point that I was like oh I kind of hate him now hate him <laughs> for about 100 pages and then I was like I don't mind him yeah. again like, You're right. <laughs> he's just, he is like I don't I don't hate him. I don't like him. He's just, he's just a, a questionable character, and that's fine. Is there a way to summarize the plots in any way? Um, in so, a coherent way? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give anything away. It's, it's a final kind of war that the whole trilogy leads to. Okay. And my understanding is Sarah J. Mass's books always kind of lead to a war. I think *Fire okay. Glass* is an eight series that leads yeah. to a war. But she's not really a fan of like writing battles or war side okay so she obviously i've only read akatar i've not read throne of glass but from what i understand from throne of glass as well like the characters will be involved in the war but they'll be like off doing something off screen yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so they'll be like off collecting something or whatever yeah. rather than being around it was good uh there's a lot of like mate tropes which yeah. I generally don't like but I thought it was cute I don't know I do um, and because some of them kind of ended happy that's why I think she went on to do a different character for the yeah. next trilogy because she was like they're happy I don't want to carry on writing yeah. about them kind of yeah. and it had the obviously the thing that's always always discussed on book talk so yeah. I know that you've heard this so it's not yeah. a spoiler and anyone that watches book talk will have heard it about the like his growls oh god yeah. <laughs> drowned out the dying people around <laughs> us or whatever and when oh my god Sarah I need to give some context there's this tiktok <laughs> where it's like the Venn diagram of books where people are getting absolutely railed whilst a battle is happening <laughs> and it's that Akatar book yeah and um, from Blood and Ash. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. If I had a nickel, but every time it happened, I'd have two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> I don't actually know what that sound is from. It, it seems I don't like it's know. from minions or something, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was like thinking, well, it's obviously excusable if they're, you know, having sex because they think they're yeah. going to die or whatever. No, that yeah, isn't what happens. That's not what happens in Blood and Ash. <laughs> they're like literally a battle has finished. They're in the tent before they go home the next day. See, no, and I'm like, but what can you just wait? Did you die? The Blood, the blood and Ash one, right? They are mid battle, 
Like, the, the battle hasn't finished. We're not even at the start. We're right smack bang in the middle. She kills someone. I'm trying to be as vague as possible yeah. not to give it away. Yeah. She kills someone, and in this particular book, they turn to ash when they die, these mm. characters. The person turns to ash. The dude finds her in there and is so turned on by what she's just done <laughs> that they then have sex. In, it's in a carriage, by the way. In a carriage with horses attached. <laughs> and then they have horses. sex on the ash. <laughs> so they have sex in the carriage I'm, next to I the hope, pile of ash. I hope this doesn't become a trope that is used more often because it's just like, it's ridiculous. And then she actually, the narration, she actually goes to herself... I could hear the guards outside. Like <laughs> standing guard. And I knew they could hear me and I didn't care. That's so and funny. he just takes me and I'm yeah. like, oh god. So yeah. Yeah, and I was really ex- like there's a little novella in between called A Court of Frost and Starlight. And it's like a little Christmas novella which yeah. kind of just their stories are kind of finished enough. Yeah. And obviously the new trilogy is characters that are related so you'd find out in mm. kind of and I was really excited to start the novella straight after I finished it, but literally I've read about it's only like two hundred and fifty pages. Just not catching I've read you. about ninety pages oh. and I'm like, oh. I was kind of really excited to just see a fluffy Christmas yeah. special of them all. And I've just not been yeah. bothered. Oh. Oh. Yeah, so that's a little bit disappointing. But yeah, so that was fun. Completely different to Made. Yeah. <laughs> that so, was my New Year's Eve read. <laughs> my next book was High Mountain Court. <gasps> Oh my god, so I have since read the second one. Yeah, I've not read that yet. Is it just as good? Oh, it's so good! It's so good, I can't believe you haven't read it yet. I need I you know, to read it. Like, is come it, on. It's, it's not following Remy, is No, it? it's following her sister, Rua. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I don't... That's not a spoiler, it's fine. Because <laughs> no, the description says the Rua. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did read a book in between reading the two of these. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I'm just going to talk about them collectively. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, well, you guys don't know the timeline. I've just picked out a couple. Yeah. No, this is all like, this is the sum total where I read. It's oh, four okay. books, which isn't bad considering everything that I had I happening in life. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> High Mountain Court by A.K. Mulford. I'm obsessed. Mm. It's so good. It has Six of Crows energy to me. So the first book follows Remy. I only have the, the shortened version. I don't know what their full names are. I didn't write them down. But oh, no, Remy yeah. is what they call her throughout yeah, the book. Exactly, yeah. You kind of first come across her. She's a red witch. She's basically one of the last ones she thinks and she's been hiding her whole life she has a secret mysterious past which i can't tell you because it's a spoiler yeah they have different witches they have like red green yeah red green blue blue. there was violet witches but they died out and there's brown witches yeah that all have different specialities but red witches are kind of can move things with their minds and stuff very um, powerful yeah very very powerful yeah and they have been hunted to extinction nearly yeah, because they're so powerful, they could be a threat to yeah. royal... Well, royal also, there was a court, one of the, the High Mountain Court, which is the focus of mm. this. They had red, red witches very much intertwined with court life. It's why they were such a powerful court. Mm. And that's... So, as part of when that court was invaded and everyone was murdered, they then outlawed red witches. Yes, that all happens prior to, prior to the, the story. story yeah. And then it's just Remy in hiding with a bunch of other witches which are allowed to exist but are also heavily hunted. Yeah. Because they get abducted to other courts where witches aren't allowed and abused and enslaved. and Yeah, they're kind of used as like servants sometimes as yes. well or whatever, aren't they? Yeah. So like the, the highborn race is Fae mm-hmm. and then you've got witches mm-hmm. 
who were as considered as high and then have been Into lowered. Think happened, yeah. And then there's humans. And I think that's that's all the magical races. I'm this. fairly confident yeah. that is, yeah. That's all I remember. And anyway. just about her and hiding, and then she comes across a group of Fae, she meets Hale, and she like feels this instant connection with him. I Love just it. remembered there's like there's like a sex scene on a horse, isn't there? No, <laughs> there's, well, it's like, there's not a sex scene. There's but... a bit where they're riding and she's sat in front of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And she's like very turned on <laughs> like a whole riding experience and they have yeah. to get down from the horse yeah. oh, yeah, and then they yeah. go have sex in the woods and yeah. come back <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> oh, beautiful um, stuff yeah and then basically Hale wants a red witch he figures out she is one abducts mm. her shenanigans occur secrets revealed it's a really fun story. It's it like has, you, it's addictive. Has you can't all put my it down. Favorite tropes. It's it just, that's what I kept saying to you. It's it, it has everything. It has everything that I love. It's yeah. so well written. The representation in it is fantastic. We even have non-binary characters. It's just we it, have it's like feminine a love men, note to fantasy. masculine women, mm. like, and none of it's like the the masculine women aren't portrayed stereotypically. They also have like like you know it's Brie Brie who's masculine very strong mm. is gay and but she also then buys the pretty dresses for everyone yeah, and she's, she's like the person who does their wardrobe well, yeah. and she's very feminine and like her personality is very feminine but she is kind of so strong outside she looks yeah. masculine because yeah. she's strong or whatever yeah so they say it goes into those new it does it so well she it's, just it is just a love note to fantasy yeah, it's someone who loves the genre. It's the kind of thing I would hope to write, mm. which has made me feel like I'm never going to be able to write it because it's, it's so well she's done. She's got like nine books planned. Yeah, I'll buy every single one of yeah. them. I'm fully she's in love with AK Marford. Is number two just just as good. as good, but it's really cleverly done because Rua knows a lot of the people from Remy's life, mm. but has come in contact with them in a different way. Like Rua is very angry. Mm-hmm. She's very traumatized. She's just so angry about life. Yeah. And, like, so there's, you know... Like, Bab- Remy's quite, kind of... Remy's lovely. She's, she's just kind of, like... It's, she's just accepting about life. And she's very she's emotional. Like, she's just like, oh, yeah. And she's very loving and caring. Yeah. And she finds pe- easy to connect with people and all that. Because um, Rua doesn't find that very easy. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because of how angry she is. Yeah. She's been raised by the witches. Yeah, they've grown up very differently, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. She, she was raised to be a warrior... She wasn't loved very much. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas Remy, Remy has been grew up really in a loved. Family, like yeah. a found family. Yeah. Another trope we both love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like when you meet Hale and uh, his buddies, I was just like, oh my god, I love so them. well done. I love. Yeah, it's oh. And then so Rua, you know Baba Morgana, which is like the oh, head yes, of the yeah. Red Witches. Ruin knows Baba Morgana, mm. and the way you know how Baba's written for Remy mm-hmm. where she's like very nice wise loving distant yeah. mother figure kind of almost yeah. Rua I hated oh, I hate, oh, like it made so me good. hate Baba Morgana because of her experience I and the way she writes the way she writes Morgana for from Rua's perspective completely changed my opinion of her I really love it when authors do that it's so clever like in Lee Bardugo does that in Six of Crows how yeah. that when she flicks between all the characters, they view people differently, and, and I'm it's like, written I love into the, that. and it's also written into the character descriptions yes. of that person. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, and she did that for a Amazing lot of Rua's work. ones. I feel like people they both knew. Yeah, seeing it from both sides. 
Yeah. So because I, how you see someone is down to your perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, where she's grown up with the witches and where mm. Baba Morgana maybe wasn't always as caring and kind to her. Yeah. So, like, Remy's memories of her she are just different. different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it. So, I, I, yeah. I'm fully, I'm fully in love with these books. The thing I remembered is, I'll send you a link. You can buy Aiko Marford a coffee and she sends you a book plate and a bookmark. <gasps> so, you can get it for both of those books. Yes. So, you get a... <laughs> High Mountain Court and a Witch's Blade themed bookmark. And oh my god, yeah. The I'm, I'm fully obsessed. It's only like two ninety nine. That's it. Oh my god. And she yeah. sends it over from... Yeah, Mulford, you're going to be getting some things from me. Is she in Australia or New Zealand? I can't remember. I thought she was American. Yeah, but she's not living there. Oh, okay. I feel like she's in New Zealand, maybe. But yeah, so... Honestly, I'm f- like, you're... It's rocketed. Like, I don't... Yeah. There's like, no wonder she's been not very successful indie author. Between TikTok and then obviously our indie author features, mm-hmm. that's how I came across her. Yeah. No wonder. Like, She's yeah, I'm amazing. fully obsessed. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So I mentioned Sleep I Do Go, so I might as well do that yep. one. So I read Rule Falls. Yay! Which again is another one that's the end of the series, so I don't, I don't know how much I could do. I think I kind of like, danced around mm-hmm. when I covered it and when I read yeah, it. Yeah, you did do a big description of it. So this is the end of the King of Scars duology. Mm hmm. I'm not sure if there's going to be a third of King of Scars or a third of Six of Crows. I know that the she's... internet seems a bit divided. Yes, yeah, so I'm not that. sure. From Google not searches, sure I've done. But there is going to be a follow-up mm. story. It was great. It was standardly Bardugo. Yeah, I loved people. She destroyed me. Yeah. What more can I say? I <laughs> feel like though they had a suspiciously happy ending, and yeah. that's all I will Which say. Which is like there has to be another book because yeah. that's not what she does no the, the, um, the endings are too happy there is a pretend big bad because he's a bad but he's not a big bad mm. in this one that I thought was kind of pointless mm. and not necessary actually but apart from that I quite enjoyed it I yeah I can't really talk about it because well, we do see the crows that's like something that's well known publicly we do come across the crows yeah I didn't know book. that until I did you know no so I oh like, no I'd, I'd heard about it on TikTok or like, <laughs> no, like somewhere I know someone in Canada and I was like oh my god and <laughs> and I literally sent you that voice note when they're um, alluding to Inesh oh, as yeah. Captain Captain what is it I can't remember Captain Gaffer or like something like that yeah. no she doesn't she doesn't go by her name no she doesn't at all but then when she meets her she's like yeah, yeah, but when they allude Aww. to Anish all the time, I'm like, yes, she did it. Um, <laughs> and then the fact that Kaz is still like protective of her, yeah. <sighs> like it makes me think he's just waiting for her to come home. I reckon she comes home all the time. Yeah, because it sounded it, they made it sound like it's an active relationship. Yeah, like yeah. whatever way their relationship is, like. Because obviously they, yeah, she we would... don't really hear what what it is, and Kaz isn't one to sort of be like just no. telling strangers about his love life. Yeah, so six of crows at the end of that geology, they kind of plan to work together to take down the slavers at both yeah, ends. Exactly. So she gets them on the seas, he gets in them in in law, basically. And I like to believe that they are doing it together. Yeah. In some <laughs> no, no, I see, I, I, when I say doing it, I mean like as in getting rid of the slavers. That's what I meant oh. then. But I also hope that they are doing it, yeah. but they probably aren't. I hope <laughs> they got some they, stuff to work through. Yeah, I just hope that they are in some form of romantic relationship, yeah. whatever that looks for them mm-hmm. with their various traumas. I really loved, we can mention who's in it, can't we? Yeah. I really loved Zoya's story in it. Yeah. And they really finally gave her, I mean, Zoya's a very complicated character and they gave her a bit of, um, a bit of, 
What's the word? So they gave her some softness yeah, without her losing. Yeah, that was the kind of what the word. Her sharp for, edge, yeah. like they they but just soft, still give her the softness. As she yeah. always is. But they gave, uh, I figured a little bit more of her backstory. Mm-hmm. And because you're in her head, you get to see that she is actually a lot more than just a pretty yeah. angry person. Yeah, yeah the yeah. cold as ice. Beautiful yeah. cold as ice person. Don't mind cut you down blonde, her words. She's not. <laughs> no, I never I, picture her as blonde. I picture her blonde, mm. and I don't really know why. There was a TikToker I came across who, to me, looked exactly how I pictured Zoya. Mm. I wonder if I can find her again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great book. I'm looking forward to whatever's coming next. Yeah, also Morley Bardigo. Oh, and then we got the casting for. Yes, we did! Um, Loads of people were complaining about Nikolai, but I think he looks great. I liked the Nikolai choice because he's supposed to be like blonde and like stuff, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not as rugged as I pictured Nikolai considering. But how could they they could dress him up with costume though? He gets a bit of beard, Mm. you know, looks a bit weather beaten. He'll obviously trying to skirt around any spoilers for anyone who hasn't mm. read them he'll be playing a couple of characters yeah, yeah yeah i'm just wondering whether <laughs> yeah i saw someone asking like well who are they gonna cast for Sturmhund? and i was yeah, like did have you, you better not read this properly it'll be him like in a costume like, what are you talking about that's that's him just with a different yeah. name i think <laughs> yeah we can say that because six crows came out so long ago yeah yeah and then we've had like several books <laughs> which allude to that now um yeah great great book Mm -hmm. no i won't say on the podcast okay um (laughs) perfect yeah (laughs) well you need to you still haven't watched the first series have you no i'm gonna watch it you need to i've watched it three times already i need to watch it even um even nick's watched it oh god come on now yeah i I really i like the series the more times i watch it the more holes i find in it though so i'm not gonna rewatch too much yeah nick said that it's because i was like is it just this i was asking nick is it just a story of six crows alongside this no and he said no it's like a prequel so he said there's a lot of like nina and matthias stuff so he was like you will like it yeah there's a lot of nina and i was so like okay I need it to starts to tell the nina and matthias story mm. but for the six of crows it's not their the six of crows heist they're not the six it's a different yeah. heist okay, okay. that kind of gets the, the sun summoner story mm-hmm without them really affecting the plot too much yeah i think like shadow and bone is a great story but I, it wouldn't have been able to hold up a show by itself no i don't think so um, i don't i just don't think the alina and mal story is also powerful enough um, mal's very nothing even when you finish it you, no one cares yeah like like when he rocked up in this book i was like oh, <laughs> good for you guys I don't even like you anyway <laughs> when I saw his casting I was like yeah he looks like a nothing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I don't ship her with the Darkling just to be clear no I but... just ship her I don't know with Nikolai with Nikolai maybe <laughs> but not anymore now that I've had more Nikolai story mm. I ship her with someone who appreciates her and I feel like Mal wants to not I feel like I don't yeah I just don't like that I just don't like his character really. <laughs> the less power she has, like magically, the, the better they get on. Them. Yeah, and including and the ending, just, like he <laughs> should find her this wonderful goddess yeah. that she becomes, and he doesn't. He's like all stroppy that she's getting more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> so the only other thing I read was *The Night Circus* by Erin mm. Morgenstern. I want which to read this. You put on my list because yes. you knew I'd read it before you. Yes. 
and so this is I've read both of your requests oh, now. That and High Mountain Cold. Yeah. yeah. So I've read them both. Oh, can I put more on your list? Thing? Yeah, Have sure. Have you got another list coming up? Because you usually do like a list of ten, right? Yeah. So I'm over halfway through my list of ten now. No. So I'm reading right now. I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm, and then that? it's a very different vibe. I've only, I'm in like three pages okay, yeah. into it. Um, I literally just started it. And then what's next? I may have to refer to the list on my phone. So Tony does like a, a you do like what ten ten books in advance because yeah. beyond that it upsets me. Yeah, and then it will just get stressful. Anyway. Uh huh. I'm doing Crawdads, These Violent Delights. Oh yeah, I started that as an audio. Oh, then some very positive. No, I don't know why. I just stopped listening to oh, it. Okay. But I do that sometimes with audios. So. And then I'm doing Akatar. So. <gasps> I think I've got another five or six on the list now because Witch's Blade jumped the list, Mm. so this is now an 11 book list. Yeah, but is the Akatar including Court of Silver Flames? I'm just going to read everything in the series. Okay. Whatever's there, that's that series I'm yeah, reading. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's my next, but I'll probably be making the next ten soonish. Yeah. I seem to be having a good reading phase at the moment. The Night's Echoes. Mm-hmm. Not Don't like have any strong thoughts either way. Okay. I mean, that's It was, it was a book. Yeah. It, it wasn't as magical feeling as The Starless Sea is. That was her first book, The Night's Echoes. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, yeah, it just didn't feel as magical. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those, maybe she's one of those authors that you should start with the Night Circus so you're mm. not disappointed after you read Starless Sea. The love story, I like, mm. uh, it's, it's about right. like, it's, is it like a little bit of a kind of Romeo and Juliet kind of vibe that they're from opposing families or something? Basically, the main character. Yeah. Her father is a famous, well-known enchanter magician, mm-hmm. but like they do real magic. Mm-hmm. But they, he then pretends to be a fake magician. He performs on stage okay, okay. to people who just like, oh, he's just really good at this illusionist stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is totally what you would do in the real world if you yeah. magic, right? You'd yeah. make money from it, pretending to yeah. be a really good. I'm magician. sure that's what Darren Brown's doing. Yeah, like, of course. Oh. Yeah. Because I've been to his two of his live shows when I was younger, oh. and I was at them like this is just like not normal. Like you Unlike, should be able to do um, this. Yuri Geller, who likes to pretend he has real magic, but everyone knows he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> what, if he's, what if it's Inception? What if, <laughs> what if he does have real magic, pretending he doesn't have real magic, pretending he does? That that's her father. He's quite arrogant. Is not well. Is well respected, but not well liked. Mm. At the start, she meets his someone else who has a different school of thought for magic how it's taught how it should be used mm-hmm. and he basically issues a challenge of like you pick a student pit them against my daughter in a magical like Duel. game no it's okay. a game but we're never told what the game is okay. they, you still don't really know by the end of the book to be okay, honest okay. and it's basically like a binding agreement so she gets bound to this agreement to this mm. game when she's like six that's kind and then that's it. That's all you kind of know. Yeah. Then the other teacher goes away, fi- finds a person, like plucks him from an orphanage, and is like, "You're my student," and then just raises him this way of like just teaching him how to do this. So he was he's been raised just to do the game. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. He kind of gets okay. it gets alluded to a lot. Both of them know there is some kind of game. Mm. They don't really know what the rules are. They don't know who their opponent is. So, and then there's like an arena where it will take place. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like the setup. And then separate from that, there's a guy called Chandrish who has like a I don't know why you remembered his name. I don't know why that stayed. I know the male protagonist, the lo- is called Marco. Can't remember her name. 
this gone? <laughs> we found her name. Her name's Celia. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> so there's this guy, Chandra, who has this, like, restaurant, which is, like, super exclusive. It opens at midnight. People come. They don't know where the... F- they, like, have these delicious dishes. No one knows what the food is. It's, like, a whole thing. That sounds nice. There he m- gathers together a group of people to make a circus. Mm. He doesn't know some of the people involved in the planning of the circus are magical. So... Okay. And then... Basically, the circus becomes the arena for the games. Is it like Star Lucy in that it swaps between like viewpoints yes, or whatever? Yes, it swaps between. Yeah. But is it linear the story? Yeah, mostly. mostly. Okay. Ish. Okay. There's other people. Not it's not Celia and Marcos. It's other storylines that are out of order, mm-hmm. okay. and I don't know how to explain that. Like Star Lucy. Yeah, and so, so it's just her style, I think. Yeah, this circus becomes like the arena for their game. So both Marco and Celia are involved in the circus. Okay. Marco knows he realizes when Celia joins the circus as the illusionist, he realizes that she's the opponent. Okay. She doesn't realize he is, and basically through the circus they can't start kind of like competing and showing off their magic. So the, the circus is bound in magic. It's held together by these two magical people. And they start by, like, making tents to show off. Like, look at my magical prowess. I'm better than you. And it kind of goes like that. Like but them... other people don't know their real magic? Yeah. That's crazy. Even other fellow people in the circus okay. at first don't know it's magic. They just think they're really good at what yeah. they're doing. And then, like, the magic kind of increases. So at one point, they have a train. It's a magical train. that The stuff just puts itself away onto the train. And that happens later on. Yeah. In the beginning, there were people doing it, and suddenly there weren't people. And all the people in the circus who aren't magical just were like, I'm not going to ask questions. I mean, it's working. You know, we like, we know on some level this is magic, but we're That's kind fine. of just working. It's, yeah. We're just going with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and then it, it, it changes from like a competition to them essentially creating stuff for the other one to enjoy. Oh. Because they like the personality. Like at this point, they still don't really know each other. They've never spoken in yeah. real life, and they just like the personality behind the magic and the, the things they're making. Yeah. So then it becomes the competition becomes actually making like love letters in forms of tents. Yeah, oh, and that's, that's kind of yeah. Cool. And then like time goes on, the people in the circus aren't aging because they've done something to protect the circus, and everyone starts to go like, ah. Actually, yeah. So like everyone involved in the circus becomes a part of their game, and that's the point where they get uncomfortable. Uh-huh. It's like it's not just you and me. This is now affecting everyone, people we care about. Yeah, like my friends who have not agreed to this. No, or, yeah. And people start to realise what it is, and it's all about that kind of yeah. So it's very very like they can't be together because of this game, because one person must win. How they resolve it is pretty cool. Yeah, like how this competition goes and stuff. But wasn't as it's just not not, not magical, like not as yeah. Stolacy is wonderful to me. Yeah, has very little wrong with it, despite all of the negative reviews I've read. <laughs> it has very little wrong with it. Yeah, so I I, I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but it was just it like, it was just there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. free so, stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. and probably it took me a bit longer to get through it than I should have for a book that size. Yeah, because you just didn't. It wasn't you catching me. About yeah. It out. Whereas I finished the second half Mantic Court after that in three days. Yeah. So. One three a.m. Stay up on a work night. Thank you, A.K. Mulford. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> uh, yes, that's it. That's all the things I've read. So I will group 
I've got three left. I'll group two together because they're both middle grades, so it just kind of makes sense mm -hmm. to them together. So I read two middle grades. They're both the first in their series. Right. So the first one's called Frost Heart by Jamie Littler, and this is the Frost Heart series. Um, and it's kind of like a modern version of that middle grade series I'm obsessed with. Yeah. The Deep Woods, uh, yeah. Edge Chronicles. Yeah. Um, so it's about a a world in which there's like small communities of people. Yeah. Um, and this boy, Ash, he is an orphan, as all good books are. Mm -hmm. uh, his parents were pathfinders, so they're people that make paths between the different communities okay right? so they like basically create maps yeah because people don't leave their towns okay it's too dangerous so they're they're in like it's kind of like a tundra so it's just too dangerous yeah. there's loads of creatures that are out to get you yeah okay um, blah 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 so they have these pathfinders that basically move supplies from one town to another like bring food and blah, blah. yeah this boy ash his parents were pathfinders they never came back so they're presumed dead so he's been raised by different people in the town yeah however he has a thing that he quite likes to sing and singing is not allowed because singing is considered like this almost like a bad magic okay because the creatures that are dangerous outside their town yeah. sing to each other oh okay so he always gets passed around from family to family all his life because once people think he can sing, they don't want him because he's like mm. a bad omen. So he ends up being raised by this yeti that has... Of course. A, yeah. He um, is not from their town, but ended up in their town. So he ends up being raised by this yeti. And then one day him and his friends are playing ball and the ball goes out into the ice. Mm. They decide to go get the ball because it looks safe. Mm -hmm. Um but when his friend's out on the ice collecting a ball, these lurker things come. Yeah. And he sings to send them away. And oh. then, uh, yeah, but, so everyone thinks you were trying to, like, roll them up and it's like, no. Yeah, egg them on or control them, yeah. So they basically say he's, he's going to have to be exiled. Like, no one feels safe with him Ooh, in the town wee. anymore. And this coincides with some pathfinders turning up. So he decides to go with the pathfinders. Yeah. And then he, they, they want him to sing because they're like, you can keep all the creatures away yeah. from us with your singing. Um, and the yeti goes with him as well. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, it's my job to look after you, so yeah. I'm coming with you. No. <laughs> and he has this lullaby in his head that his parents used to sing to him, so he starts to yeah. think maybe his parents were these singers as well. And then he realises the lullaby is actually a map. Oh. Um, so he, the I assume I think it's a trilogy, and I yeah. assume the trilogy is him the following journey, this map yeah. to find them. Yeah, it was really fun. Oh, it was that's really good. cute. I like it. Was that. kind of like you know a, you know, kid fills out place, and then he finds a family. Yeah, he finds it with the ship. Really, yeah. like the people on the ship. It's cute. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and it's got a ship in it. You always like. And I love a ship. With a ship in it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a ice ship. Is there, is there a flying? Good. Anything flying yet? Uh, not yet. I, has it got potential for a flying yeah, device? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. at the minute it's like on skis, I, I'm picturing on skis okay. across the ice. I don't know. But yeah, we yeah. all know I love a ship. Yep. Mm. And then, Journey involving ships uh, or planes. Or flying ships. Flying ships is my speciality. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why. I just really like, I really vibe on them. <laughs> and then I listened to The Screaming Staircase, which is the first book in the Lockwood and Co. series. Okay. Jonathan Strode. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen this. 
No. I've been intrigued by it for a while. It's I think there's about fourteen books or something. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and it's like a a mystery series. Okay. That's all I know about it. But I know I wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the first one. Basically it's like an alternative world to ours. Like so there's ghosts. Ghosts come back. Okay. And they're dangerous. Okay. And ghosts are attracted to technology. So they are in our time mm. but there's like no technology so it's almost like victorian time okay like the technology side never developed okay in their alternate universe yeah and children can see and are perceptive to ghosts right adults can't see them but they can have like their souls taken by the ghosts basically they get like ghost oh. touched and it basically slowly kills them off after that and they're like a shell of a person wow okay um so lockwood is um a guy who can who fights Fights ghosts basically, and like kids, kids get taken and trained to Mm. help get rid of ghosts. So they're like sent on patrols around towns to keep them away from towns and stuff like this. So he started his own service called Lockwood and Co. And uh, he hires a girl called Lucy, and it follows Lucy because it's Lucy's story. Okay, and she's just been involved in something really horrible in her hometown, in which her supervisor makes a bad decision and then gets ghost touched and it like traumatizes her so she just yeah. leaves and goes to a different town and then she gets hired by lockwood Fair enough. and they get hired to get rid of ghosts in a haunted mansion <laughs> which we love yeah and they have to take it on because they've messed something up and they owe money to someone so they have to take on this big job yeah and it's just really really fun okay and like the ghost descriptions are really fun and there's like the dynamic between the two characters yeah there is a good. third character as well and he like hates Lucy Love for that. no reason <laughs> but her and Lockwood really get along and yes so they go to his mansion and it's really cool like how to describe it there's like the red room <gasps> that's a classic yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it's obviously almost a Victorian era even though it's yeah, not yeah so they're playing like, really on a lot of those tropes yeah. yeah and then there's the screaming staircase okay hence the name of yeah. it yeah and it's really fun like and the ghosts are really scary for a middle grade as well it's yeah. quite scary okay yeah i really love it i'm oh, looking forward to reading that. the rest and yeah. then i have one more it yeah. was just a short book that i read on christmas day because it came out on christmas day and i have mentioned this to you it's called middle foe uh, missile foe sorry <gasps> yes you did uh, it's a really <laughs> a mead realm tale and i just have to mention it because it's so funny <laughs> oh my god yeah i remember now so it's by kimberly lemming who's an author <laughs> i found on tiktok and I saw her advertising this book on TikTok and I thought it might be fun and I was correct. So it's literally a short story. It's like a little short, I guess, smutty story. Yeah. And it's about this woman, Ruby, and her dad stole ore from a, a fox demon. Yeah. <laughs> He's a blacksmith and he uses it to make swords. But the fox demon um, cursed the ore because he stole it. So they are rude and everything he makes is... Um, enchanted and it talks cursed, yeah and is rude and talks yeah so they swear at people and stuff like that <laughs> and it's just really funny and then ruby decides so they can't sell anything yeah even though he's got all this or they're not selling anything so ruby decides she's gonna go she's gonna take a picnic to this fox and try and win him over with a picnic so that yeah. he'll cancel the curse on her dad and he turns into a very attractive man still with a tail of course and he's like um if you pretend to be my mate for this demon symposium um <laughs> i will i will drop the curse on your dad yeah. and um literally she, when she's like mm, yeah i might do and then he like 
throws her on his kitchen table and goes down on her. <laughs> There's like no. Doesn't she no have like preamble a really sarcastic sword? So as she well. takes the sword with her, who's really sarcastic, and the sword is like, oh, she wants you to bone her. <laughs> <laughs> and the sword gets her into arguments at the symposium. I know that it's 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 not a symposium, but it feels like it's like a yeah, meeting. But okay. yeah, it's really fun. It's really ridiculous. Hundred percent, make out. Yeah, I remember you Oh god! Yeah. And then they're like, there's like some public sex, and just it is quite funny. It's a little smutty book. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but we started so highbrow with made. I know that's the thing. We've just gone downhill, which I love. <laughs> Mine were quite like downhill. <laughs> I think when you were poorly, you just wanted to read I fun just stuff. To read fun yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I think it got to Christmas Day, and I was like, I've not read much smut this year. Mm. I'm just going to pick up this fun smutty. Fox man I will say how much High Mountain Court has some good smart scenes in it. It does, yeah. 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 Just a nice little like <laughs> I <laughs> like it when um it's just popped in every yeah. now and then. It's not like the entire book like from Blood and Ash. No. But it's just like sex scene travel, sex scene travel, sex scene like, travel. High Mountain Court is much more how Akatar is mm. in that it's just it's part of the story. Yeah, and it's also like comes at a very natural but it's just point. Not fade to black. <laughs> from when they're like up against a tree <laughs> but like it's it's not yeah. they don't that doesn't happen between the characters too early no, do you yeah. know and like Rua where she's quite traumatised and angry and stuff to bring it back the way it does with her because she's has never had sex before mm. and she kind of goes in a bit of a self-destructive arc for a little while I approve yeah <laughs> And she does something quite self-destructive, and she. But and it it represents. Basically, it's her first time. She hasn't told the guy it's her first time, without alluding to what guy it is, mm. and it, it's uncomfortable. It hurts, and the guy is just horrified that he's done that to her, oh. and she's just like another. I think this is a, a narrative that gets taught to women a lot. She's like, well, the first time just hurts, yeah. And he's like, no, it doesn't have to. You shouldn't be bleeding. No, like and he's this whole. He is so angry, like angry at himself. It's this whole like Hyman myth, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's just that narrative that goes with that. He's like, you shouldn't be bleeding, and... you shouldn't be hurting, and he's like, and he's he's just. Oh, he sounds good. I want to watch this. But this thing, this this character, is really, the nuance of this character, the male character, in the second book, so well done. Because mm. on the surface, he's done some. Ter- it's Renwick. So you know the guy who's like the witch slayer mm. in the first mm-hmm. book. It's him. Oh, I don't. That's not. That's the entire. Yeah, that's not a spoiler, because that's the premise of the yeah, book. Yeah. Is them two. Okay. Um, yeah, and so it's that that whole part of it. I think is really well done. And then, when and if things get progress with them two, it's natural to the story. It's natural to the story. She goes through a cer- certain amount of healing in her trauma mm-hmm. before that. Ha- both of them do. Yeah. Which we love in a so book. So there's none of this essentially hate fucking, and he he the boy doesn't allow it. Good. But he's Sounds like, good. don't use me for your self destructiveness. Don't do that. I'm not here for it. Why don't I pick this? I'm up not yet? gonna hurt you. Like I'm not. I'm yeah. not here for this. And I think that, and it's done in such a gentle way, as not patronising, talking mm. down to her, as in I'm more experienced than you're the blushing virgin. It's like, I care about you. Yeah. We're not doing this. Okay, Malford, we love you so much. Oh my god, I I forgot that was another point I wanted to talk about. And then when things progress, it's consensual, it's 
everything everyone's everyone's feeling good everyone's feeling good it's from an emotionally healthy place and i'm like the fact that that is built in oh this is where like traditionally published books fail a lot of the time especially ones not written by a woman Mm. like this is so it is written for the female gaze but in a way I think it's accessible to men it's not preachy yeah but it's just very very natural you know yeah these aren't goody goody tissue men who are like oh so feminist like I don't I'll take care of you like it's not that it's like I know you're strong and fierce I know you are like we, we, we could do this and it would be great yeah but he's like, this isn't coming from a good place. No, and uh, it needs to be from a good place. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not doing that. So yeah, Love it. and that, and he's like, he's at that point intoxicated in some way, mm. and he is still, and she's not. Well, she is a bit, but not to the extent he is. Mm. I think at one point, no, when this happens, he's intoxicated. She's not. Yeah, and he is still saying no, mm. like this isn't right. I like that bit in High Mountain Court when they're at the, like, the poker game or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's very... That, I mean, that is enthusiastic consent. <laughs> I love that bit. They have... Um, I think that was inspired by something in Akatar. Okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Or it, it, to me, it, I drew parallels whether okay. it's inspired or not, yeah. Yeah, the, best, the, the, the relationships, how they're showing it. Because mm. these are both, like, star-crossed lovers, fated tropes. Which I usually hate, but I, lately I've been enjoying it. It's very well done in these books. Yeah. I think it's how you approach it. It's not like, oh, we're fated, let's fuck. It's like the relationship part has to develop. Like even Hale and Remy, where it's like both are enthusiastically consenting yeah. and are both are experienced. There is no reason not to just go for it. There's quite a few times where it's like, we're not doing this here. Let's wait till we've got a proper moment. Yeah. You know when they're at the the campfire? Yeah. And he's like, not here. Yeah, exactly. Not 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 here. And um, yeah, they talk they talk about it in uh, Akatar as well. Mm. So obviously, I've mentioned they have like a mated yeah. trope in there as well. But they actually discuss in the third book what happened. Like they mm. they don't have to accept it. Yeah. Just because they know they're mated, they don't have to be together. Yeah. And they actually discuss about what happens if one of them's like no yeah okay and, which i thought was quite good see in high mountain court it's presented like it's almost inevitable like yeah. you will fall for them yeah you're drawn to them which is how most books portray it but it's like nothing happens in either situation until it's it's natural for yeah. like their yeah. actual f- relationship because uh, the the reason i used to hate the trope mm. was because it was often oh we're mated let's be together right now and yeah i like i have possession like, of it's you. Like you don't have you don't, you don't have, have a choice, to, yeah. and I have like yeah. that possessive thing. And I like this new version of it where they will steal that yeah. choice. Cool. Anyway, guys. So what um, what um, did we want to end up? So we're going to do our own outro as well. Much uh, so our oh, kind of conclusion our outro is to tell you like the plans we made. Yes. Yeah. Because we've got we've got big plans. Yes. And we're doing all right for time yeah, as well. We've done really that. well yeah, today. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. So guys, we're gonna launch a website soon. We're so professional. (laughs) Soon, we're working on it. So a website is coming. YouTube is coming. Mm. We're not going like it's not gonna be fancy YouTube videos. It is most likely gonna be our logo on a screen 
with the audio track. Yeah, it's kind of like a different place to listen to the podcast yes. almost. Yeah. Yeah, so we hopefully can reach a few more bookie people. Yeah. What is what are our immediate ones? Hang on. Um, the ones that are happening soon. So immediately we will have a new <gasps> I remember now. What's going <laughs> So not only is there the website, there will be a blog on the website where we will post slightly more detailed like information more than that's in the description to talk about the things we talk about in the episode um so there'll be like a written version of the episode almost as well so if you don't have time to read or don't want don't want to listen sorry if you you can read it instead yeah that's what i meant yeah but there the audio will be available on the website as well so there's that we will also have an email newsletter yes so we can like send you an email when a new podcast comes out I know, like, your various platforms, Spotify, do notify you if you follow us, but this is a way for us to email you. There'll be some, like, a little extra content yeah, in that email. Yeah, we can email you other things, yeah. like, anything else that we think you might need to know. If there's anything interesting, or if we've just taken a cool picture that week, yeah. or what we do, I don't know. <laughs> There'll be extra content yeah. in the email newsletter. Basically sign up for extra content. So, that's on the cards for the plan. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram, because yep. we will try to post more extra content there as well. and you guys need to start subscribing and following us on whatever platform you listen on yeah so if you enjoyed it if you this is the first time meeting us hi um if you could go and follow even if you don't download every single one just so you're aware that we're like still here mm. you know and that just helps us so much to it know helps us know who's there what did you, you enjoy it. yeah yeah like if you enjoyed an episode particularly you could follow that yeah let us know yeah so if you guys could start subscribing following all of that cool stuff we would love that we should like we're on almost every podcast platform aren't we pretty Pretty much much. yeah um so you can find us anywhere that's like convenient for you just help us yeah build our community reach some more people we want more book friends yeah definitely (laughs) and then sort of hopefully later half of the year we can start doing some cool stuff like merch would you buy merch i don't think you would but Love if, you, if you're there <laughs> and you want some have a look on our instagram we have we've i made us mugs for christmas oh that's so cute <laughs> um so we my christmas them. present to natalie and our editor was a, a mug with a logo on and i love them, love them yeah <laughs> i really love the logo i made the logo and i'm so proud of it <laughs> it's so good i love it uh yeah so we're gonna start try and be a bit more organized so do all those good things yeah so that's like, coming soon here. <laughs> coming soon so watch out for that yeah it'll be coming very soon after this podcast comes out mm. so yeah uh, that's we will see you next week and we're lazy book lovers on everything by the way and yeah. all this stuff will be in our link tree once it is live we'll have next episode we'll announce sort of the release date for everything yeah go to our instagram and see our link there because it's going to have a little fancy makeover <laughs> yeah yeah link tree's getting a makeover yeah. well, it be well it's not going to be link tree we found we found a pretty version yeah so that's getting a fancy makeover. so go check that out and see what we've got linked yep and yeah follow us everywhere follow us we love you bye thanks bye and we've checked the analytics now we know you're there yeah <laughs> thank you everyone who's listened so far um help us find some more book people yes book friends <laughs>